thanks for coming back here to follow the puck. And for those of you that don't know, the uh, Minnesota governor came out yesterday and said, youth and high school sports can start practicing January 4th. So we've got a lot of podcasts here. We actually pre-recorded during uh, the downtime. We're going to start dropping a few a week just to get them out there before the season starts. And today we are heading up to Detroit Lakes. We connected with Ben Noah, head coach for the Detroit Lakes boys team. And it's fun to hear his take on what he's building and players coming back and where he wants that program to be. And stay tuned for more here from Follow the Puck. How are you? Not too bad. Well, good. Appreciate you uh, taking the time. I guess the most important question is, who are you drafting number one? <laughs> uh, well, it's an auction draft, so I guess I got to kind of see how, how things play out. Um, I got into the, these auction drafts a few years ago, and they're to me, they're a lot more fun than the than the snake drafts because you get a crack at anybody, so it doesn't matter where you're at in, in the draft order. You, you basically... Uh, to see how things play out and end up with, uh, you know, whatever you think are good bargains. Yeah, the your first pick can make or break the season, I suppose, depending on what you uh, budget for them. Yeah, so everybody starts uh, with two hundred bucks. Uh, it's all, you know, everyone starts with the same amount of play money, and uh, you know, your top running backs go for like seventy, eighty bucks, and. Some guys will load up and get two big running backs and spend 160 bucks, and then they're left with uh, having to sit for a long time. And and uh, some guys wait and don't spend any money. There's all kinds of different strategies to to go about it. So um, I don't necessarily have a full-on strategy, but um, I I like to look for those bargain players somewhere in the middle of the draft when everybody else is spending their money. So I suppose you got to put a lot more thought and. Than the normal snake drafts, then. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's fun. It's fun for sure. But have you heard about the uh, what the guillotine or guillotine leagues that are popping up everywhere? No, what is that? So from I haven't looked into them a whole ton, but from my understanding, it's there's a 17 team league, and you you go through and you do your draft. And then you, after at each week, the team that's, uh, or the person that scores the lowest points, their team, or they're done. And their players, all, their players all re-enter the draft pool. So, and then they and draft again? You can, then, you, then you have the option to pick some of those players up. You know, I suppose on the oh. waiver wire or whatever. Yep, gotcha. Wow, that's, then, uh, sounds yeah. really interesting. Yeah, so there's there's a guy, uh, I don't know if he came up with the idea or not, but Paul Charchin, who's a big fantasy guy, but he was talking about it the other day on the radio when I was listening. and It was, it was actually kind of interesting, the whole concept behind it. Yeah, so there's, that's, uh, so 17 teams, and one team gets eliminated every week. Yeah. Wow, that uh, I'm going to actually bring that up to all my buddies that we do this league with to see if they're interested in trying that and just kind of doing our research because that sounds really, really fun. It, it does. It adds a little bit more uh, intrigue into uh, already, you know, I mean, fantasy is huge. So it's, it's just another angle to that 
whole concept. Right, right. Well, so I know I didn't call to talk about fantasy football, but what <laughs> what what's the status of your uh, hockey program and returning players and all that fun stuff? Uh, geez, where do I start? Um, well, I mean, as far as like, you know, looking into the future, uh, heading into this season, we're in a really good spot. Uh, we're really excited about the, the off season that we had. Um, you know, even with all the COVID stuff going on, um, you know, it was at some points, it was a little bit of a blessing, um, because there wasn't a ton of other activities going on and we have a lot of multi-sport athletes on our team. So when, when we kind of took advantage of uh, reaching out to our captains and having our captains organize different things, um, you know, we had a really good start to the off season. Uh, basically back in April, um, we had our captains organize some team bike rides. Uh, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Detroit lakes, but our town is built around a lake and it's about 11 or 12 miles uh, to bike around it. So it takes like 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And uh, it was a good way for our guys to, you know, just do something fun, do something active, uh, you know, get to know the underclassmen that are coming in and, and uh, just for our seniors to kind of take charge and, and start the, the process of being, you know, the leaders of our team. So, um, you know, that was how we started the off season. And then, uh, you know, we encouraged our captains uh, to put together some small groups and, and get in contact with Sanford Power Sports up in Fargo and start heading up there and skate on the hockey treadmill. I'm a big believer in that treadmill because that was one of our weaknesses last year is uh, we weren't a very good skating team, um, you know, overall pretty slow team, which doesn't help you, you know, score any goals. You can't get up and down the rink. And um, so we had we had probably – I think 16 guys consistently going up to the skating treadmill and, uh, you know, 12 to 14 times, I suppose they hit that thing, uh, right before we did two weeks of, of summer ice here in town. And, um, you could really notice a difference, especially with, uh, some of our returning guys that are, you know, just not very efficient skaters. Uh, you could see them, them really make some strides. So, uh, that should be big for us. Um, you know, another another thing that we did, probably the biggest thing that we did in the off season is we started getting heavily involved in our community, uh, doing some community service things. Um, you know, most notably, we we've been helping out our local food pantry uh, once a week, uh, once a month. They get a big food truck in there, and our kids go and unload it for them and organize it for them. And you know, that's that stuff is huge. Uh, you know, it um, not only teaches our guys the service over self mentality, but, um, you know, it helps grow our community support. And um, that, you know, things like that go a long way uh, when you're really trying to shift your culture into doing the right thing. So, um, you know, some other things that, that we've done in the off season. I, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, our 1% better Twitter feed, but, um you know, that's the kind of a platform that we use for our guys to go out and, you know, shoot pucks and get in the weight room and, um, you know, just get creative and, and kind of show their teammates and post videos uh, that, you know, hey, I'm working hard. Are you working hard? And kind of trying to force that accountability thing on our guys. Um, you know, if some guys are consistently doing it and some aren't. Those guys that aren't doing it should feel a little bit guilty and say, you know what, I got to do my part to get better. And, 
so we've had a lot of activity on that and uh yeah it's just it's been a great off season but very excited about the upcoming season because uh we have a large group of seniors uh probably i think there's 15 of them not all of them are varsity players but um you know, it's a, it's a really good group of kids and, and there's some really good leaders in there. And we've kind of formed a leadership group that have really taken the bull by the horns and, and, uh, you know, really, really want to win. So yeah, we're, we're, we're super excited about, um, about our upcoming season. Do you have any anticipation of doing things different for the upcoming season versus what you went through last year at the helm or how did you analyze that? Well, uh, it was it was such a challenge. I mean, if, if uh, I mean, I could talk for an hour um, about all the different things that we went through last year. But you know, there was two things that we came into the season um, with in mind when we were talking about this culture shift and and starting to do th- do things the right way and it really didn't have anything to do with the way that we played. It was everything to do with the mentality. Um, and, you know, number one was we wanted to get our kids to understand that it's a privilege and not a right uh, to, to be a, a part of our team. And, you know, number two, it kind of goes hand in hand with that is you know, we want to get rid of the sense of entitlement um, and not just with the kids, but with the parents, uh, you know, when you're in a community-based program, a smaller program, single-A program, uh, it's, you know, the, the parents more than the kids will carry this attitude like, you know, hey, our, our, my kid has played in this program their whole life, and now they're a junior or senior, they, they should be playing significant minutes, and they should be a captain or whatever it is. It is that sense of entitlement and that's kind of always existed here. I mean, I'm, I'm from here. I've seen it uh, as a player. I've seen it as a coach. I was the youth director here at, uh, for a couple of years, you know, so I, I mean, it's just always kind of existed here. And so we've been really, really trying to break that. And, uh, it, it's had its challenges. Um, you know, there's not, a, you know, I'm not always the most popular guy with some of the decisions that I make, but it's for the betterment of our future and our program. And, um, we may not see it fully uh, come to fruition um, in in these first few years, but, you know, it's more for the kids that are currently in Bantams and Peewees and Squirts right now is to try to set set the tone so that when they get up here, um, you know, it's, it's a much easier transition and it's a good environment to be in. So what was it like going from playing playing there you know, and then completing your hockey career to going back to coaching, is that something you always wanted to do or was it just, did it just happen to right place, right time or? Well, that's a great question. Actually, I, uh, I kind of fell into coaching accidentally. Um, and I'll just give you a quick brief rundown on that. So, um, you know, I, I graduated from DL here in 2003 and went and played in the North American league for the Bismarck Bobcats for three years and then I uh, went and played a year at St. John's in the Mayak and then, and then hung up the skates and just kind of had enough and uh, was just kind of lost that passion for hockey. And then I moved back town, uh, to town and started selling insurance in the, in our family uh, agency. And, and I got a phone call from a mom that I had graduated with her daughter and she had found out I came back into town and she said, Hey, you know, my son is on the Bantam B team here in town and, and, 
they don't have a coach. Uh, and I was 23 years old and I had never coached. And I said, you know what, I'll swing down and I'll run a practice to see how it goes. And I immediately fell in love with it. And so I ended up coaching the Bantam B team that year. I think that I believe that was in 2008. And, uh, then the very next year I started coaching the Bantam A team and I coached the Bantam A team here for seven years. And then, uh, was the youth hockey director at the same time for a couple of those years. And then uh, just kind of some things happened uh, in our program. And there was, you know, maybe some disagreements with some, with certain people that I just said, you know what, you guys can figure it out. Um, I have an opportunity to go coach uh, over at uh, Concordia Moorhead for their men's team uh, under Chris Howe, who's a fantastic head coach, by the way. Um, He's one of my mentors. I learned so much from him. And I coached with him for three years, and and then uh, the job opened back up here, and I uh, jumped on it, and you know here we are. So um, I'm I, I'm super excited where I'm at, and it's been quite the journey, but uh, a very you know blessing in disguise on kind of how it happened um, because I learned so much over at Concordia, uh, and that I that I got to bring here and 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 kind of instill that stuff here. So um, yeah, it's 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 been good. It is when you think about things in life, it's funny how they work out. And in, in your case, it brought you right back to where, where you used to play. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, coaching in your hometown, there's, there's just a little bit more of that uh, real, real passion to want to win. You know, I mean, I, uh, I, I think our high school team went to the state tournament twice in the mid nineties in a different section. We've never, never even sniffed it in section eight. So, um, you know, that it's, uh, it's tough when you're, when you have to go through East Grand Forks, War Road, Thief River. Um, but it, but I look at it like it's a, it's a great challenge. I mean, um, what better than to come out of this section at some point, uh, down the road, uh, you know, it would mean that much more. In class A, that's about as tough as it gets to come out of that section. So you do, uh, have your work cut out for you. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, the greater the obstacle, the more glory in overcoming it, right? That is right. And, and funny that you say that. I was talking to the Thief River Falls coach, and he he mentioned your squad, and he's he just threw it out there that I think they're building the program the right way, and the, the head coach is doing the right thing. So I think they're going to be a team we have to watch out for down the road. So. Well, I appreciate hearing that. That's uh, that's that's fantastic. I, and I, I did I talked to Coach Berglund uh, for about an hour on the phone. Uh, last year because we're trying to get them back on our schedule um and uh what a great guy and and i mean obviously he's been doing things the right way up in thief and um you know in the coaching world especially being a young coach like i am i'm just trying to soak up as much as i can from from all the all the great coaches around and um you know he's he's a fun guy to talk to and and pick his brain so um yeah i mean we we definitely want to be in that discussion so uh that means a lot coming from him yeah, it's fun to hear. It's when coaches what they think of other teams and other programs. And getting back to your culture aspect, I think if you look at the consistently good teams throughout the state, that culture is is right from top to bottom. So what you're trying to do is obviously a difficult task, but for the long term future, that's huge. Yeah, I you know every everyone wants to talk about culture, um, and everyone has their own ideas, but it's it, it's no secret. I mean, when you look at like you just said, when you look at all the top teams across the state, um, you know they're 
they're doing things the right way. They're doing it consistently. They're never quit. They never quit working on their culture. Well, you see, the minute you start thinking that you have the culture set and it's just going to take care of itself, that's when you'll start losing it. Um, every kid's going to be different. Every challenge is going to be different. And so, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I was very thrilled with, with what we were able to accomplish in year one. And, uh, you know, we kind of laid the foundation and now it's time to take that next step and, and we're heading in the right direction. Have you heard any rumors on this high school season for this upcoming year or not? Or what's the latest? Well, that's, uh, I, I don't know how much I'm supposed to talk about it because things okay. are changing. Um, you know, I, I know what I do know is that our Minnesota high school you know, coaches association is, is really working closely with the Minnesota state high school league. Um, I, I believe there's a, a pretty, uh, in-depth proposal that, um, is supposed to be kind of hitting their desk here, um, this week or maybe next week. But, uh, as far as I know, um, we're just playing the waiting game and they're supposed to make a decision before October 1st. And, uh, everybody's fingers are crossed for a, a normal season. Yeah, that, that's the same information that I'm hearing, too, is October 1st. Everyone wants that kind of decision in place because if we have to reschedule ice time and games, it could be a logistical nightmare. So, Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, so one other question I got for you, who does your video work? Do you guys video your games and, and replay that stuff, or what's the process for your squad? Yeah, um, so – we just we have a couple of student managers uh, up top that videotape our game, and then uh, my assistant coach Mike Miller um, uh, uploads it to Huddle and kind of tees it up for me to, so that I can uh, watch film with the boys and and just go over some things. So uh, we do have Huddle, and okay, um, you know if if you're looking for for film, I can certainly get you in touch with Mike. He's, he's, uh, just a great guy, easy to work with and very detailed. So, um, we could, we could definitely get that stuff into your hands. That, yeah, that'd be awesome. And, and the only reason I ask is we're kind of anticipating a little bit unique year and maybe where fans can't go to games or it's limited number. We'd still like to be able to show people here, you know, here's what, here's what your small town hockey teams are doing. Here's the kids that are scoring goals. I mean, we get a lot of views on the website, so I thought if we can get some of these video clips of these kids scoring goals or big saves or whatever, um, you know, and just, just get them out there so the public can see, that's that's kind of what we're after. So. Yeah, I love that. I think the kids would love that. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, as maybe once we get a, uh, you know, a better idea on this season, what it's going to be, when it's going to start, I'll reach back out and you can connect me with, your video guy and we'll work out a thing behind the scenes where you something super easy that, you know, we could just help promote your squad and your boys because they're putting in the work too, just like everybody else. So we'd love to love to be able to do that for them. So. Yeah, that sounds great. And Hey, I just want to tell you, um, you know, first of all, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. I think that's uh, what you guys are doing uh, to promote Minnesota high school hockey is just fantastic. And I think I speak for your 25,000 or so followers on Twitter. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome what you guys do and, and everybody appreciates it. Well, I, I appreciate hearing that because mostly we just hear the, the haters out there who will let you know how much they dislike it, but it, it's similar to coaching where, 
you know what, you're doing it because you love the game. Not You're not doing it for a paycheck or to promote yourself or anything. It's just love the game of hockey, and Minnesota is so unique, and the state tournament shows that. So that's that's what we're doing. So. Yeah, well, I tell you what, if if you have a bunch of haters, that means you're doing something right because uh, that's that's just kind of the world that we live in. Sometimes is uh, you know if 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 you're getting hated on, you you probably got uh, twice as many fans out there. So you yeah. guys are awesome. Well, I, I appreciate that. That's always good to hear too on this end. So um, I'll let you get going. I know you've got a busy schedule too, but I appreciate the time and. Like I said, we'll uh, reach out, you know, once we have an idea on the season and connect with your video guy and just try to help keep promoting your uh, your squad in any way that we can do it. So. Yeah, I appreciate that. All righty, sir. Well, good luck in your draft. Uh, hopefully you take take it to your buddies and go from there. So. Yeah, all right. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, you have a good right. rest of your day. You too. Thank you, sir. All right, see ya. Take care. And thank you, Ben, for taking the time to jump on this uh, podcast with us. As I've always said, it's fun to hear the coaches take on their squad and where they want it to go. And everyone, make sure you ask him how his fantasy football team is doing. It sounds like uh, he made the right choice. Sarcasm there if you're not uh, aware of of that. But as always, if you know of anybody else, we should reach out to uh, – send us a DM on Twitter or Instagram. We'll uh, do our best to track someone down. And we got a few more podcasts here to let go. So stay tuned.